eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. So now Posey ranges away and Ballinger throws it so high. There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Hello there. Welcome back to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lubman here with Mark Willard this week because Joe Shasky is on vacation, a much needed vacation for Mr. Shasky. So glad to have Mark back. Who, uh, Mark, you were on this podcast last year and it feels like old times again. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to be back and uh, I've been watching and um, and uh, I've had enough of Shasky's takes. So I'm here to straight everybody out. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> what a fun time of year to talk about this, right? The deadline just happened. So, uh, no, th- thanks for uh, letting me crash the party. Of course, you know, we, we do a little platooning here on this podcast podcast That's right. as well so i'm right-handed uh this is episode 69 of the podcast usually we'd be like oh that's that's pretty nice what was not nice was uh giants twitter yesterday mm. but uh if you want a little fun factoid uh mark did you know that aj pollock had 69 rbis for the dodgers back in 2021 um i would not have had that stat but that that does make it nice and clean doesn't it episode 69 he almost had uh, an RBI or two with his uh, very first at bat as a giant. Be honest with me. Did you think it was gone? I I'll thought be it was honest, gone. I thought AJ Pollock's at bat <laughs> was just so emblematic of all the emotions exactly. that Giants fans felt yesterday. There was just such a tease there. You thought something's going to happen, and then you get a, crush, a, a crushing return back to reality. Yep. And uh, another historical first for this podcast. This is the first time that Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys has been recorded with both hosts in the same area. Um, in the same room right now. In the now. same room. Yeah. You can't necessarily tell on the camera, but uh, but yes, I'm sitting right next to you, yeah. and uh, it does make it easier to talk to people. It kind of does, yeah. You know, like I know we all learned in the pandemic how to do this without being in the same room, but uh, but hi, Sam, it's good to see you. It is, yeah, it's cool. It's, <laughs> well, it's like, oh, do I look at you or I got to look at the camera here? This is going to be a fun little back and forth here. So yep. anyway, um, I want to start off, let's just get right in.
get into just what happened yesterday. One of the more emotional days, I think, for Giants fans in a long time. First off, we're waiting all day long for Farhan to do something, and I feel like there were two camps. There was the, why isn't Farhan doing anything camp? And then there was the, relax, you know he's going to do something right at the end of the deadline. Nothing ends up happening, and it became apparent, Mark, you and I, we, we lived through the Belt Wars. Hmm. I think we're now in the middle of the Farhan Wars, and those are going to definitely eclipse the well, Belt Wars. Yeah, no doubt. But I, I also think, um, are we in the middle of them, or are we just now in Chapter 7 of them? In other words, like they always get stirred back up. The difference is, is I think this is the first time it's been stirred up when the Giants have a significant winning record. Um, the Giants have the third best record in the National League. Only mm-hmm. the Dodgers and the Braves are ahead of them, and the Dodgers are barely ahead of them. And I would have thought that at a time like that, you get more positivity. Now, I was in the camp of he's definitely going to do something. I did not think it was going to be splashy, um, but I was surprised that he did absolutely nothing. But having now a night to sleep on it, listen to what he said. I am one of those people that is going to actually listen to what is said. I am going to take it at face value. I was bummed that something didn't happen. My question would be, were the guys bummed that something didn't happen? Does the team feel like this was kind of a a lack of confidence in their ability? But my big takeaway in, in looking at it now is there just wasn't crap available. Yeah, I really believe that. I, I, if there was a team that I was looking at right now and I'm like kind of jealous of, uh, with, with what they did, I'd feel differently, but I'm not. I, I don't even buy this idea of, well, the Dodgers went and got better. No, they didn't. They made moves. They made moves for negative war players. They're, they're, they, they just So Verlander and Eduardo Rodriguez, quite frankly, from the beginning, are two of the only pitchers that I was even interested in. I think the Giants were in those conversations. They both had no trade clauses. Farhan indicated. We know Rodriguez didn't want to come west. He turned down the Dodgers. And Verlander, uh, from what we're now hearing, he conducted his trade to the Astros. That's where he wanted to go. If that's the case, I don't know if you can look at any of these teams and get mad at them. Uh, I don't want the Giants giving up prospects for replacement-level players. That's who they have now. So mm-hmm. if you need a replacement-level starter, <laughs> Giants have about five of them. Um, and so is it comforting? No. But there just wasn't anything available. Yeah, and I think I mean, went to the to the impatient uh, lunatic fringe aspect, you know, uh, uh, segment of the Giants fan base. That's obviously not going to sit well with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, two things I want to highlight what you just said there. First off, what the Dodgers did, uh, Mark. What if I told you that based off of WAR, the Giants actually got better at the deadline than the Dodgers? It you look su- at the, the, doesn't surprise me yeah. at all. When you look at the WAR that was added, it, this isn't really a good thing. The Giants added technically 0.8 more WAR at the deadline than the Dodgers. Uh, between Pollock and Mark Mathias, they combined for negative 0.6 WAR. The Dodgers haul of Kike Hernandez, Joe Kelly, Ryan Yarbrough, Lance Lynn, and, Am- and uh, Ahmed Rosario, that is negative uh, 1.4 WAR. So... If you play with the war, if you play with the numbers, you could almost talk yourself into saying the Giants got better than the Dodgers. The other thing, though, that I really want to focus on is what you said is, were the guys bummed out? I really kind of subscribe to the belief that if a team shows that it is 
you know, worthy. Uh, if the team shows the desire and it shows that it is worthy of making a playoff run, that is good enough to make a playoff run, then the general manager has to reward that team. I see these guys play. You look at that game last night. They go down three nothing. Alex uh, Cobb guts it through a stomach bug. Yep. Allows three runs. I think he snapped like a twenty two inning scoreless streak last night, which I. I didn't even realize that that was happening. And then you see that team come back. Sable starts it off. Matos keeps it going. And who got those guys up here? Uh, Brandon Crawford obviously ties it up. Lamont Wade gives him the lead. And then Bailey ends it emphatically by nailing Perdomo at first base. Man, who drafted that guy? Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to get to that all later. But this is a team, they, they gut out these wins. You know, uh, you know, Gabe Kapler, used the, or Jock actually came up with this word, Jock Peterson, called them grindy. And this really is a team. They grind out these yeah. wins. The heart is there. These guys truly play hard for each other. You go in that clubhouse, these guys truly enjoy being around each other. This is a team that I thought has played so hard, maybe above their heads all year long, but at the same time, if they are playing above their heads, at the deadline, you are the number one wildcard team. That tells me that this is a team that should be taken seriously, maybe not as a World Series contender, but as a team that deserves to be in the playoff race. And when you don't make moves like that, yeah, I do feel like there is something deflating about that. Like, we put in the work. Like, the players are probably might be thinking, we put in this work, shouldn't we get rewarded for that? It's interesting because I would still uh, respond to that by saying, okay, are you now asking the team to make a move just for the sake of making a move? Um, just for the sake of saying something nice to the clubhouse. At the same time, if you do acquire someone, that means someone in that clubhouse is losing their job or losing their time. You know, Marco Luciano got sent down yesterday, and I know we'll get to that. Um, I I can't speak to uh, whether or not the players were disappointed um, that, that no one came in. I didn't see anyone offensively mm-hmm. that's really, really going to help the team. A couple of weeks ago, I was interested in the idea of Tim Anderson. I would bet that this team would respond to that and say, we'll take Tyro Estrada instead of Tim Anderson. If we want an up-the-middle player, we are acquiring someone. Yes, it's just getting our own guy back. But that is, quite frankly, the best offensive player that the Giants could acquire. So... I'm with you in a normal deadline. I think you need to send that message to your club. And if there was a player out there that made me jealous that someone else acquired, you know, Tim Anderson didn't even end up getting moved. Mm-hmm. I, 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 like, I, I would buy into it. But I think this, this was a bad deadline. I think it was a dead deadline. I think it was a dud. I, and, and there's no reason to make a move just so that you can say you made a move. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah. I mean, if you say, you know, guys who I'd be jealous of, if I had to pick someone who I was like, man, I really wish you could have made that one happen. Well, first off, last week on the podcast, my genius idea to fix the Giants was go out, get Justin Verlander, take on his entire contract and see if that would lessen the prospect load. There was obviously financial reasons that would have prevented the Giants from doing that, but I don't really care about their financial reasons. I'm willing to spend their money. Uh, My other uh, genius move was Lucas Giolito and Tim Anderson. I would have liked Giolito 
Polito. I think he's a guy who, again, maybe with a tweak or two, maybe he could have helped this team down the stretch. Tim Anderson was another one where it's just like it seemed like if he could just elevate a swing a little bit, he could maybe lower that ground ball rate, get back and being that more line drive hitter that we know him to be. But as you said, you know, Verlander, it was never going to happen. Giolito, the Angels just pounced on him a little bit faster than the Giants did, and Anderson didn't get moved. So I won't sweat it on it too much, but there is something said about you know making these moves. Uh, I saw someone on Twitter uh, tweeting about um, someone, I think they're a host here at this station, maybe they do one of the morning shows here, tweeting about Farhan, uh, sorry, I got to shout out Joe Shasky there, <laughs> tweeting about Farhan's lack of bold moves. Yeah. Is there some argument to be made there that, you know, the desire for more bold moves from Farhan is that is that a valid argument in your opinion, Mark? Um, no, it's not. It's not. And, Why do you say and, that? And, like two things. Let me first answer just real quick the Giolito thing. The Angels give up their second and third best prospect mm-hmm. for a rental. Well, they're that's stupid. Yeah, they're, and their number two was like number sixty-five overall. Maybe I they don't, don't have a great farm system. Yeah. But the bottom line is they gave up their best guys for two rentals. And we know why they're doing it. They're mm-hmm. doing that because they're pushing all their cards into the middle of the table to tell Shohei, we can win here. That's why they're doing it. But it's bad business, and it's probably going to be a bad move. Farhan said yesterday, he can't stand it when you give up good prospects for players who come in and then three months later are wearing a different jersey. Yeah, And that's, and, gonna and be, I, and that's I'm any with GM, that. really. Yeah, I'm with him on that. The rental market is different now, and and you should not buy high on the rental market. Now, your other question, is it fair to say that Farhan won't swing big? I called them risk-averse when the Carlos Correa thing happened, but then as you watch the Mets end up making the same decision and now have the perspective of Correa hitting 228 for over 100 games, yeah, you you rethink it a little bit, and I go, okay, is he actually afraid to make the big move? I'm not one of these people that thinks they finish second on the free agent market on purpose. Mm -hmm. So what I know is... Three times they have gone north of $300 million that we know of for a player on so free agent market. Harper, Bryce Judge, Harper, and Correa. Judge, yeah. and Correa. We know um, that, that you know they've, they've been in other high-leverage conversations in free agency. We know that they acquired, when the last time they were good, they acquired a name like Chris Bryant mm-hmm. that, and, and, and lost two prospects and then lost him in the offseason. And they went for it, and that was a big swing. So when you swing big... Just like in the actual game itself, you also strike out a lot. Yeah. And and so just because there have been strikeouts, I, you, we can argue that point, whether or not that's the problem area. But to say that they lack the, the ability to even swing big, I think has been proven incorrectly. And I think that... Six months from now, they will be having a $600 million meeting with Shohei Otani, and they'll swing big on that, too. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I, I, I agree with you somewhat there on, on the bold moves. I do. I would like to see more initiative on some moves that, that being made. Again, this deadline, I think, was a bad deadline mm-hmm. to expect that to happen. Uh, I mean, you're looking at your top five prospects right now. Kyle Harrison, Mark Luciano, uh, Wisenhut, McCray, Von Brown. Luis Matos is not considered a prospect anymore. He's been up fact. too long. He's been up too yeah. long now. Same with Bailey. I'm not giving up on it. I'm not giving any of those five guys away. Um, the next five got Iverson, Arteaga, uh, Reggie Crawford, Mason Black, Eric Silva, Landon Roop. 
I don't know, or Raup, I don't know, I even know how to say his last name. That's how known he is. Right. I don't know if those guys are really moving the needle in these trades that the Giants want to make. Like, you know, we're talking about, you know, Paul DeYoung was a guy who came up yesterday. Are we really, you know, wanting to move, you know, Reggie Crawford for Paul for two months of Paul no, DeYoung? It's no. like that's not going to hold up there. But as regards to, you know, Farhan never makes bold moves. I see it differently. He will make the bold move when a bold move is necessary. You look at 2021, he moved... Uh, gi- uh, uh, Space on them, Caleb Killian, and uh, who is the other guy? The other guy's name doesn't really matter. Oh, Canario. Canario yeah, and Caleb yeah, Killian. Yeah. For, for, we're for, we're for, never going to hear from those guys Chris ever Bryant. again, most likely. That was a bold move. That was Farhan adapting to the situation and making the move that needed to be made. Another move that I think, I don't know if it's necessarily a bold move, but it's a move that I think we definitely need to give him more you know, flowers for. It's that Mark Melanson trade oh back in God. 2019. Unbelievable. He not only got, got off the entire contract, brought Beck in. Beck has become a very useful key of this bullpen right now. And that's a deal that probably looks a lot better if 2020 is a normal season. But he got off the contract, getting a player back, and the way he did it, you know, he just kind of stood there and said, this is the deal we want, and this is the deal you, you will accept. And that's how he got it done. I mean, the Darren Ruff deal last year, also a brilliant deal. Like, I, 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 I look at it this way. Um, it's really a matter of whether you accept Farhan for for who he is and what he does or not. And if you don't, that's fine. As a fan, you're completely welcome to do that. But what I appreciate about him is he is resolute. So Mm -hmm. is Gabe Kapler. This group does what they do, and they will not blink. And so the way that they look at a deal is, is this a good deal? Mm-hmm. And if it's not, we're, we, we, you know, we're not doing it. We're not doing it to placate the fans. Like, they will not do that. And I actually appreciate that because not always, but more often than not, they've been proven correct with the decisions that they've made. Look, we, we tore And now everyone's like, oops, you, you guys, you guys mm-hmm. were right. Carlos and Rodon, another one. Carlos we all wanted Rodon. him back. You can, you can yell about Gosman all you want. And right now, two years in, it looks like they made a mistake. You can look at Di Sclafani, La Stella. Yeah, every team, no matter the sport, you're going to have misses. They have more makes than than they have misses, and Farhan Zaidi is not going to make a deal unless he feels like it is a, a, a deal in that moment that makes sense, good business sense, for the San Francisco Giants. I, I would give up some of these prospects. I absolutely would give up. Paul DeYoung? No, yeah, not Who for cares? him. Who cares? Yeah. Why are we... See, that? the group that wants Paul DeYoung is the group that's just like, you got to make a move because we're supposed to make a move. Exactly. He's hitting 230. I don't care about Paul DeYoung. You've got Tyro coming back. you got Crawford. you got young guys And to be middle. honest, I never bought that they needed infield help. Uh, I know, the, again, with Estrada injured, it, it looked like they did. They called up Luciano, which I really like that they did that, and sending him back down, we can get to that later yeah, on as sure. well. But I never really took seriously the, the need for infield help it was always pitching was what they really really needed I agree and I that. am concerned about the pitching staff right now just holding up down the stretch I don't I worry that their bullpenning strategy could eventually catch up to them so and we can get to that again in a second too but that's the it's just none of the pitchers it seemed like again I always wanted Marcus Stroman too that was another one who I really wanted he would have been really expensive prospect expensive. wise but he in also but, financially he would have kind of put the Giants over the CBT line as well but he's a dog like see yeah. that's you know what I mean that's what I mean on these yeah is this really a player you want or did you just want news I think Stroman's you know a I guy mean? he's a very good ground ball pitcher he's a very athletic pitcher I remember it was a couple years ago when he was on the Mets there was a little dribbler down the third base line he went and grabbed it and 
kind of did the Derek Jeter turn and throw to first. One of the most athletic plays I've ever seen by a pitcher. He's a guy who, for the next two, three, four years, if they could have extended him, I could have seen being a very useful part of this rotation. But it also didn't help to the Cubs. Where, you know, the other team has to want to trade the guy as well. well yeah, and they, I'm not sure the Cubs wanted to move Marcus Stroman. They became if buyers. Been, yeah, they basically yeah, became buyers. They, they, they added Jimer Condelario, right. uh, who's been a stud on my fantasy baseball team. <laughs> so that's that kind of <laughs> ends that there. So, yeah, I understand the desire for bold moves, but you can't make a a bold move just to make the bold I, move? I, I don't think there was a bold move out there. There mm-hmm. are two pitchers, essentially. Because Scherzer, that was, that was kind of a non-starter with his age contract. He's not pitching nearly as well anymore either. His ERA is a, a run and a half higher than it was a year ago. I think they were in on Verlander and Rodriguez. Those are bold moves. Both of them invoked no trade clauses. So what is it that they were out there to do? You know what I mean? Like, I just and, – and, you know, your thought on the middle infield thing, yeah, they kind of needed help, and then we got to the deadline, and then they didn't need help yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's, it's kind of solving itself. And, and, and so they, they, they navigated that storm. I am open to the acquisition that they needed to make being Kyle Harrison. I am yeah. open to that. We'll and, and, and if that crashes and burns, then, then, then yeah, That'll they suck. need another <laughs> starter. But right now, that might be the best one. I agree with you.